0: You're going to have to find something.
1: Why do you always put
0: ice in your cup?
1: Because I want it to be cool. Here. I'll get to the belt real quick.
0: All right. Well, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Gun Show Podcast.
1: Scott? Yes. I'm here. (laughs) Just making sure you were there. I am here. Well, you can. They can't see me, but you you can see me. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. yeah, Yeah. So what do you got for us today? Why do you do that? Every time I give them to you, <laughs> you ask me. And every time I keep them, you just go. Well, I forgot that uh, you gave me some stuff. It's, I, uh,
0: it's all right. Well, I hear we have listener questions. We do have listener questions, but I want to start off with the news today.
1: <laughs> you, are we going to start off with a product review?
0: No, uh, <laughs> the news. No, uh, we do need to do a product review we that uh, I had touted we were going to do.
1: Right. Well, you added but, that in post.
0: Then I took it out, but I put a Facebook post out there that we were going to review the uh, Keltec RFB. Oh. So do you want to do that first?
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: So let's uh, let's go over it a little bit.
1: Okay. Um, the Keltec RFB is a bullpup 308 semi-automatic rifle,
0: but it's a forward
1: ejecting. Well sure, yeah, because of the bullpup design, it doesn't eject left or right like a normal gun would. It doesn't eject at the bottom. It it has this weird little doohickey that pushes the shell, spent casings forward and ejects them forward to the gun.
0: Right. And um so what did we do with it? We took it out, we kind of put shot it through it. put it through the the ringer, um, and it did not perform as well as I was hoping it would.
1: Well, I I, I blame the ammo, honestly. I think we had out of spec ammo. And and going back and uh you know what? uh segwaying no we can't segue yet we're in
0: the middle <laughs> yeah we we just started Let's try
1: this again. Let's try again. <clears throat> and you know what foreshadowing a talk later uh i got a 308 that i could probably run that ammo in and see if it was the ammo after all yeah didn't yeah yeah, yeah. i got a 308
0: so but we so took anyways, this we took this the RFB. rfb out and we shot it at 400 yards because we kind of wanted to we kind of wanted to range test it see how well it would do you know We shot
1: it at 100 and 400 yards, yes. But the 400 is the more That was important. the most important.
0: Thing, I mean, really. you can shoot well,
1: the you, handling know, you can shoot a 22
0: yeah. at 100 yards.
1: But the handling character character, wow, it's hard to talk. The handling characteristics um we we were able to judge that using the 100 yard, you know, standing, kneeling, sitting, prone, all that sort of thing. And we did some of that and uh you know, uh, I don't have anything negative to say about it except
0: that ammo. The I do have some negative things okay. that are not uh, downing kel by any means. It's just some of the things that are just going to be inherently bad, in yeah. my opinion, when you're dealing with this type of a bullpup. Okay. Uh, um, when we had some issues, the gun jammed up and it locked up hard. Yes. Okay. We had no idea. If there was, if it had stripped another round and loaded right, it, yeah. we had no idea if the gun was safe or yeah, or that's what. true.
1: So you, you can't see into the ejection port very easily. Now, if we'd had more time on the gun, but you can't maybe, see
0: even if you even if you got all those casings yeah. out and you were able to flashlight down it, two things: first, you're in front of the barrel, right. and secondly, you have no idea. Still, yeah, you can't check this gun unless you're holding it upside down. No magazine in it, yeah. and you're cycling the bolt.
1: Yeah, and with our bolt stuck, we couldn't do that with that with that nasty ammo. Now the um, and we had a, yeah, so we had some yeah. I could see that as a negative. I mean, the, there were some other things that I expected to be bad that weren't. The like trigger, what? the trigger right. on Bull pups is notoriously awful, right? Right. This gun had a. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't like. You know the proverbial breaking rod glass thing right. that every gun magazine says every gun has, but it it was a great trigger. It was definitely usable. I enjoyed it. It worked fine at four hundred yards.
0: Right, and we were shooting it prone. I think you did a few offhand shots. I, I can't remember.
1: Yeah, we I shot it. Well, I I shot it a hundred offhand for sure.
0: Oh, okay, uh, but yeah. we did we did uh, go prone and shoot it at four hundred yards, and it was pretty consistent. Yes, we weren't using any kind of match grade ammo or anything that. I mean
1: I think we fired a few rounds of uh, some one hundred eighteen L R, which is the the civilian equivalent would be gold medal match.
0: But we also fired some arms corps.
1: Yeah, we fired some you know M80 spec, which is you know uh, military ball ammo stuff out of it. One thing that I will praise Keltec oh, for PMC. We shot some PMC yeah, bronze out of that, w- that was, and, was, and that worked just fine. Yeah, we mostly we shot PMC out
0: of it. Um, I will say one thing about the Keltec. We had the Hunter variant, and we also so we had the 24 inch and the 18 inch variants. Right. Now we were able to take the same scope off of one and mount it to the other. With a LaRue mount, so it was a very nice mount yeah. and it held at zero.
1: Yeah, that was that obviously was it nice. shows some consistency, one in the LaRue stuff, and two in Keltec's platform. I mean right. you have two entirely different rifles with different, you know, different length barrels and we're able to swap it around and get pretty close with the uh, we required very little adjustment after swapping it around. Yeah. Um uh-huh. Also, the other
0: thing that I would say is is the downside to it is um, trying to rock a magazine into place yeah, that far back is not the easiest thing to do. To let
1: our listeners know, the the RFB uses FAL magazines. FAL. FAL. Yes. F and FAL magazines. And the FAL... Which are straight body yeah. 308 20 round yep. magazines. Yep. And uh, the FAL magazine has to be rocked in, uh, not unlike a Kalashnikov, uh, more akin to a... A Ruger Mini though. A mini fourteen, mini thirty. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah I see. More that. like that. But you know, either way you do have to rock it in. I don't see that as a as a as a negative, uh, per se with I, this. I saw gun. it as a
0: negative when I had it shouldered. Yeah. It, it, because not only did you have to rock it, but when you had twenty rounds in there, you pump, had to yeah. smack it. I mean and you're yeah. you're you're kinda had in this weird, awkward up against your shoulder. If you could imagine just taking your hand, you know, two inches from your shoulder and swatting upward
1: yeah the the bullpup design requires some awkward things to people that are not used to it for sure and i think awkward things in general um you know i i i'm still not sold on the bullpup honestly i i think there's more negatives to positives for it um the well, biggest one for this gun was the the price, I'd have to say. The price is pretty hefty. I think it, but it, it, it carries has, a really heavy price tag for it's, a semi-auto 308.
0: It's, um The moving parts on this are greatly exposed as well. Um, the way that the piston comes out, it actually smacks this shield yeah. that goes over the top. Yeah. And that whole shield reciprocates.
1: Yeah, it's And it's kind interest- of exposed, but yeah. it's
0: not exposed...
1: Yeah, I I don't necessarily see there's as a negative. I, I I mean I I can, you know, I could convince myself that it wasn't a positive. There were but, a eh, ton
0: no. of points to oil on this gun. Sure, sure, sure. Which we're not going to we we did test an oil yeah, that, that we would... are not going to talk about. <laughs> we we don't want to put that kind of a review out there. Yeah, that would be uh
1: yeah, let's just let's just talk about the art Let's
0: just say that the oils that we recommend FP10 um, Militech one, Mobile one, Mobile um, one. All of those oils are great, and continue to use those. Yes, until we can give you another review on something else. Yes, because uh, um, I don't want to go into that review. Yeah. It was it, the oil that we used was dry by the time we fired about two rounds, and I, I think I that attributed to it locking yeah. up.
1: I wasn't impressed with it. The 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 RFB as a platform, I could see where people are excited about it. It's cool. It definitely has that cool factor. Yeah. But I, I can't see, like I said, at that price point, there are just so many other options that are, that are just, I think, so much better. Um, the SCAR leaps to mind uh, the, you know, an AR10 and 308 definitely leaps the right. mind yeah. this gun is right around the ar-10 is really familiar sure you know? well there's that but this gun is also right around the m1a territory which is a very expensive 308 right and which you know i don't recommend either except for nostalgia reasons um i like it but i wouldn't recommend it as a modern a modern version of this but you know with this gun and a 14 would i recommend this over that i i don't know i don't know um i i would not yeah,
0: because mainly because I can't see into the chamber, I know that I'm still stuck on that, and that really bugged you. Yeah. it really bugged me because that, I'm though. sitting there yeah. trying to hold this gun yeah. in a somewhat safe position sure. and trying to hammer the charging handle
1: back. Okay, so let's list pros for this gun pros for this gun was it was definitely accurate definitely once we figured out not to use that uh that ammo it it, it balanced well it, it it was balanced well even the 24 it was nice that it was shorter 24. yeah it was it was nice that it was shorter i don't think that's a, people people seem to to really grasp on the shortness of bull pups as a virtue and above all others but honestly i don't i haven't found one to handle any better than yeah. a comparable, you know, nicely balanced gun. I don't, I don't see the shortness being that much of a positive. It is a positive, I'll give you that. But I don't see it being like a game changer, right. or or a, or a tiebreaker.
0: Well, what about uh, what? What's the normal cost on a foul magazine these days?
1: Oh, they used to be re- when they were designing this gun, uh, like back when Bushmaster was designing their AR-10 that takes foul mags. Right, foul mags were just you know three dollars yeah. a piece. You find uh, them at every gun show. We haven't
0: seen them go that much higher than six well, months maybe now seven.
1: If no, you can't. There's not a whole bunch of surplus ones out there any longer. And they're going to be. Yeah, that's true. They they've 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 dried up and you're going to pay normal prices, you know, at least twenty bucks for a foul so mag.
0: That's no longer I, I was kinda thinking that might be a pro, but since those have dried really, up no. I mean the aluminum and the steel bodies are both yep. gone.
1: Yeah, they, really all the surplus has dried up and what we're getting now is new mags from likes of DSA. Yeah. And, and other builders and right. things like that. The cheap mags you see out there are thermolds, and there's a lot of them out there, and they're really cheap, but I, I can't recommend them. No. Okay. Uh, they may work, but I, I I would I would be very hesitant to recommend any of the thermolds anyway. So
0: I'm going to safely say that for me it was a fun day at the range with it, but it's sure. not yeah. something yeah. that I would want to put in my arsenal. Okay. Right.
1: What about you? Um, well, I agree. I think the price point just drives me right out. I'm, I'm a cheap guy. I want a lot of value for my dollar. And at that price point, you know, uh, man, even used, it's just, it's just, way too high for me.
0: And that, that Hunter, that 24, yeah.
1: they no longer make that. Oh, they don't
0: make that anymore. Th- their website no longer has it listed. Oh, wow. And I, I be- they it was have listed a 30, that long ago. It was. Okay. Like, maybe a month ago, maybe oh, a month weird. and a half ago, huh. they changed it up okay. and it's no longer listed. They now have a longer, uh, like, I want to say it's like a 28-inch.
1: Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so they they killed
0: the 24-inch. The 18-inch is still there. Right. But the 24-inch Hunter is no longer listed, and they have another longer Longer barrel barrel model.
1: Interesting, interesting. Well, overall, uh, maybe maybe the RFB is your cup of tea. Uh, If you have one or have shot one, uh, you know, jump on our Facebook, uh, jump on our website. Yeah, facebook.com
0: slash gunshowpodcast or go to www.thegunshowpodcast.com. Or shoot and us at an email. Bo- yeah, shoot us an email of it at the bottom of that website. You can uh, like us right there. You can yep. follow our RSS feed. You can go and, to our iTunes and our Stitcher. And, yeah, make sure you go to iTunes and subscribe. Yeah, definitely and, go subscribe,
1: definitely. But, uh, yeah, let us know how you guys feel about the RFB. I know it's got a cool factor, and we all know that, and it looks good and uh, it's got that evil black rifle vibe going on but uh you know beyond that uh you know like you said i, I don't think uh, i think there's better options out there for the money
0: all right well speaking of the evil black rifle uh huh. um uh in 2011 there was a swat raid near tucson arizona oh yeah we talked about this yeah. didn't we um i think we might have at least brought mentioned it at some point yeah um the Arizona Daily Star is reporting that a settlement of $3.4 million has been reached, um, and it's going to go to uh, Jose uh's family after a two-year battle.
1: Now, this is the it's guy. going to his wife, Vanessa. This is the Marine who 26-year-old, tw- 26-year-old Marine who. The 26-year-old Marine who was shot holding a, what turns AR-15, out. AR-15, right. Was an AR-15.com AR-15, special edition black oh. rifle. Yeah, that he bought from somewhere. Um and evidently his family was in the drug trade, uh. But this guy was a construction worker at night. Yeah, at some he, plant. he was
0: working a yeah. night job, yeah. and he was asleep. And his wife woke him up because they thought there was an intruder exactly. in the front. And they, it was the SWAT team coming in the SWAT front team door. Coming in the front door
1: because they had a warrant because his family was into drugs. And uh, when when you know he had the gun, they had the gun, they shoot him. Um. So yeah, evidently no one was fired over this. Uh, no one was found to be wrong. Yeah, but, they they but came out and they, they said that they <laughs> yeah they well they came out
0: and they said that um, uh, Pima County Administrator Chuck Huckleby H- Huckleberry called the agreement a calculated Seriously? risk. Huckleberry Huckleberry. Wow, you can't yeah, make that up. No. Go ahead. Uh, called the agreement a calculated risk management settlement. In
1: other words, they knew they'd
0: lose more yes. if they went to court. And and Huckleberry, or, <laughs> Huckleberry said... You get a lot of trouble with that one. <laughs> it's a tongue tire. Uh, said the settlement is not an admission
1: of any wrongdoing. Well, that was part of the settlement. Sure, yeah. They don't have to admit any wrongdoing now. But
0: isn't that like when the cop's sitting there going, well, just let me search your car. If you're not doing anything wrong, just exactly. let me search your car. Well,
1: yeah, it's the same idea. But But what we're seeing here is... They've obviously screwed up enough where they think they need to pay this family off to go away, and so they did so. Um, so yeah, th- you know, this didn't pass the smell test when we saw. It. This is the one where the-, the videos came out of the cops banging one against one another and falling down at the front door as they were f- sh- engaging. As they were shooting rounds into the house. Yeah. And where they let the dude lay there for a while, where they went in with a robot to see if he was still alive or what what was going on. Um, so yeah, there's YouTube videos out on this if you want to check it out. Um, but anyways, um, the uh, the government paid him off, told him to yeah, uh, the, take the money and go without admitting any guilt or firing anybody. Yeah, so that, the, so that's the Pima
0: County is paying 2.35 million. Um, uh, the Marana, the town of Marana. There, apparently there were a bunch of agencies involved yeah, in this. Yeah, the SWAT it, team. it was it was a task. force Yeah, they're thing. paying yeah. seven hundred twenty thousand, and Oro Valley is going to pay two hundred and sixty thousand, and a hundred thousand is going to come from the town of Chihuahuita. That's
1: very interesting. Chihuahuita. That, that all of the agencies paid into it. That's very interesting. Yeah, and
0: then there was another something. The two hundred and sixty thousand dollars from Oro Valley was voted on unanimously to be paid.
1: Now here's the question.
0: Five officers fired 71 shots, striking in a 22-times sheriff's department record show, and his wife, Vanessa, and their four-year-old son were not shot. Yeah.
1: So, now, now, the, now, the thing is, I don't think I'd fault the officers on the SWAT team on this story. I don't fault the homeowner. You hear somebody banging, you know, they don't say please, they don't run the siren, they don't do whatever, or... They do, but you 're a heavy sleeper because you sleep during the day because you work the night shift, and all you know is you wake up and your wife 's screaming at you somebody 's trying to come in the front door right right You grab your gun, you go to do what you got to do right right so i don 't blame i 't blame this marine um, i don 't blame the guys on the SWAT team uh, they looked the little keystone cops coming in the door, but i don 't blame them. they obviously have their procedures that are done by higher ups. I blame the whole idea there's a lot of there was a lot of talk on the internet when this happened. Um, about why didn't they pick this guy up on the way to or from work? Why didn't they pick him up at work? Why didn't they pick him up? You know, a hundred different other ways.
0: Knowing that he w- that he had a, a child, yeah. in the house exactly, and that he would be quote, quote unquote a yeah. high high risk. No. obviously, he's high risk if they're sending SWAT team after him.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So w- why why not? Yeah, go go and grab him. I, I mean, he's
0: going to be going to the same construction site.
1: Yeah. The same thing was said, it, it draws parallels to the the whole mess in Waco back in the day. David Koresh, he jogged every day, but they wanted to do a raid, right? So, you know, I don't know if the, the there's a militarization of police forces. It's hard to argue against that there's no militarization of police forces when they're getting MRAPs. Right. Uh, Dallas County just got an MRAP. Uh, where we are. The Dallas County Sheriff's Office got an MRAP.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) So, that's interesting. So, it's hard to argue that when those things are going on. And then on the other hand, you know, they have to justify themselves, these, these, these high-end tactical teams. So they do things like arrest this guy. Now, should they've, yeah, you know, if they deemed it high risk, you gotta send these guys in. But, you know, maybe, maybe because all we have is a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. You know what I mean, right? That's the only tool we got in our toolbox. We got to use it. We got to justify it. We have to show that we're we're sending these SWAT teams out. Yeah, and you've been you've you've been in the government agency. You use it or you lose it. Exactly, exactly. All right. Well,
0: speaking of Marines, um, the Commandant has come out and said that he wants to do a couple changes he wants to crack down on the barracks life uh-huh. and marines behavior in general.
1: Yes. Now the interesting part about the commandant talking to I forget who was he talking to? He was talking to somebody. Well, anyway. he's
0: talked to a few people. I'm um, you know the military times they did yes. they did uh, an, art, an article on it and the Marine Corps times did and he was talking um, there was a conversation between it looks like Tulin, Nicholson and Kennedy.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that the gun Industry or the the, the gun um, culture has grabbed on is he wants to arm NCOs and officers on duty. Right. So right now, um, the Ring the Corps works. It seems to, by reading this article, is sometimes they have officers on duty, sometimes they don't, sometimes they have NCOs of the day, sometimes they don't. It just depends on your unit. And he wants to have more officers and more NCOs of the day on duty at all times, and he wants them to be armed, which is very interesting coming off the Naval Yard shooting, where there's there's anecdotal stories of the Marine barracks there at the Navy Yard, the Marines having guns, but no ammo, right. and they would have been closer and been able to respond quicker than the police that did respond to that. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. Um but it makes for a good story. It makes for good print. Um, I find it interesting that this commandant wants to go from Marines and Barracks being soft targets to Marines and Barracks being not soft targets. Marines in Barracks being not soft targets. There you go. I said it. Um, and I, I, for one, uh, think that's a fabulous idea. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you arm somebody there? You know? he,
0: uh, what is he talking about arming them
1: with uh, handguns, rifles? Could be handguns. There might possibly be rifles and/or shotguns in and some armory like nearby. Could think, yeah, you
0: could think about anybody that's going to have. If you're an NCO and sure. your your post has got long range, sure. Why would you not have a rifle? Well, if you're an NCO yeah. inside the barracks, okay, your handgun. Yeah,
1: yeah, I could see that. You know, you you sit at a desk, and I think they call it the quarter deck. Maybe navy. Anyways, uh, and you sit at a desk all day, and so you're armed. You got a pistol on your hip all day. And there's, there's, what I don't understand is we trust these kids and young men, and even myself, to get a gun, you know, loaded full of ammo. Uh, put them in a truck with a bigger gun on it with even more ammo, to go out and be able to call in on the radio ridiculous amounts of ordnance um at this age but once they get back here and they go on the base we expect them not to have a gun at all or any weapons whatsoever and i just don't understand that i guess it's it comes from you know the need to be safe part of this that
0: scares me and this is just this is this is not something that scares me that this is going to happen but it's something that the media would latch onto is what if you arm one of these guys and he decides to go off?
1: Okay, right now, the, that same guy we're talking about is unarmed. What if he decides to bring a gun against the rules and go right. off? Right. N- nothing. You can't do nothing about it because he's the only one armed. Right. That we saw that at the Navy Yard. Right, but what I mean, though, is is if he does,
0: now now what they'll say is that, oh, well, the commandant just
1: gave him his gun and he started it. No, no, you are exactly right. You are exactly right. That is exactly what every general um, and every leader that I've met in the military, I shouldn't say every, most, anyone that I've gotten to know, they're very risk adverse. It, it, which is weird because we're the military. We're supposed to blow stuff up, right? <laughs> yeah, That's right. our thing. We kill people. We blow stuff up. That's what the military does. Um, and the commanders and the leadership seem to be risk adverse. And evidently this commandant is not. You know? I, mean, I, I you? agree with them being armed. I yeah, do.
0: 100%. I, I'm, 100%. Just saying, I'm just saying, hey – Know, look at it from the other side a little bit as
1: what could I, happen. I agree with that's what they have to fight against. That's what that's what this commandant is going to go up against is this risk adversity. But you know, like you said, if if you're if you're adult enough, if you're responsible enough to defend your country in some other horrible place, why aren't you responsible enough to defend your barracks at your barracks?
0: Because when you swear in, don't you? say that you are going to protect
1: this country from foreign and domestic? I thought you were ask me what I said when I swear. No. And that's different. No. That's completely No, because different. you okay. said
0: you took an oath to protect yeah. this country from F-
1: foreign, foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic enemies. Sure. Yeah, we all do. Exactly. So, so, so what's the let's, difference? Let's give you
0: the tools while you're overseas to do it from foreign, but but, when, not but not domestic when you're here.
1: Yeah, and that way the only one with the tools is a bad guy. Right. I don't know. I think that's become our society's default. You know, only certain members of the government should have guns, and the military public in general, for lack of a better term, the military members in general, shouldn't be one of those people unless they're called up for service.
0: Well, one I, the, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. One of the things I do want to point out to this is that the commandant is not just stopping. Uh, he this this comes into this comes from a very large. Conversation. Oh, th- yeah, this is a huge um, conversation. Where he talks about the plan stretches well beyond improving safety. However, um, this is the Military Times. Uh, however, uh, Amos' briefing slides say that while the Corps has been successful fighting wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, we are now seeing signs of our institutional fabric as, as it is fraying. He cites sexual assault, hazing, drunk driving, fraternization, and failure to maintain personal appearance standards among the issues he wants to address. Also, he says that they will um, – we will stop accepting bad behavior or substandard performance as natural consequences of being a combat-hardened Marine Corps uh, – combat-hardened Marine. Um, so he's not – so so that's kind of his risk
1: aversion, I, I think. I think a lot of that stems from uh, – I want to say a couple months ago, The, the – there's a real push on in Washington and in the Pentagon to address sexual assaults in the military. I guess there's a public opinion that sexual assaults in the military are high. Um, they're not. They're just very visible. If you look at sex assaults in the general public versus sexual assaults in the military, it's a very much smaller percentage. Um, so. But there's some perception that it's high and it's higher than it needs to be. Of course it's higher than it needs to be. We can all agree it needs to be lower. Um but there was a lot of different uh different actions taken from the different branches. I know my branch had like a whole day of talking about sexual assaults and sexual assault prevention and that sort of thing. Um and I think a lot of that stems from this. But 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 on the other hand you Wasn't right.
0: that one on one direct training with you that <laughs> they said you were required to take for some reason? <laughs> I, I I didn't No go. one else in your I, wing was I, required to go. But actually, you.
1: actually I I didn't go. I skipped that. Well, but don't, but don't tell anybody. I want to bring up
0: <laughs> I want to bring up something uh, just to let everyone in the 1911 community know cuz I know that you are really excited about these coming out.
1: Man, I cannot. what are we talking? Uh about? the
0: Wilson Combat ETM HD no, plus no, 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 P no, no, no.
1: magazine. Listen. I just realized that the company I work for has been selling these magazines for like a month. I re- I just figured out that they were different than the old HD magazines because these are the plus P version. Yes, and you know what the difference is?
0: I've got a list that I'm not going to read. It's a
1: flat spring. That's the difference.
0: Aircraft uh, aircraft grade certified stainless steel. They're already yeah, resisting the, the ETMs, corrosion. The ETMs
1: already do that. Well, but what ab- all they've added oh, is the flat spring? What
0: about the quality control? The ETMs removable do that.
1: base pad. The ETMs do that. Oh. So what they've done is they've taken the ETM, they've swapped this normal spring out that's worked for, how old is it, 1911? I don't even know. A million years old? Close. hundred? Yeah. Actually, it's over a hundred, right? It's over hundred. 1911. It's 2013. Boy, that's like three years. Twelve years. Tw- okay. With twelve. Okay, twelve years. <laughs> I got you with a one in front with of it, Scott. 112 years old. <laughs> yes. Uh, and they replace it with a flat spring. Which I guess is better. Um, Okay, good. Buy Wilson mags. They are good mags. I I have no doubt that this new Wilson ETM Plus P, or whatever they're calling it today, is a great magazine. I wouldn't hesitate to buy it if I was a 1911 person. And I won't hesitate to recommend it to my customers or my listeners.
0: Well, um, speaking of listeners, we've got a Chris here. Chris? That uh, is from Canada. And he's sent out a bunch oh, uh, of... Oh,
1: mad cushy props to Chris, hey eh? Sorry, that was awful, wasn't it? Oh, virtual high five, over the border. Yes. Snap.
0: All right. All right. Anyway, he talks about how he's shared our podcast and some of the things that we've done with some of the uh, Canadians up oh, there. Oh, I saw this. Yeah. yeah, I saw this. So we wanted to thank him for showing them. Yes, definitely. And using us as a resource. One, we appreciate one, that very
1: much. One way to do it. I think everybody should proselytize without being a jerk uh, to people that don't understand guns. And two uh, – Thank you, Chris. You made my day when I read that. Uh, I felt great about it. I even showed somebody in my break room. I was like, look, look. And they were looking at me like, what's your problem? And I was like, you don't understand. You don't know, man.
0: <laughs> so uh, we, we do want to say thanks to Chris. And Chris sent us that message uh, on Facebook.com slash Gun Podcast. So hop on there, like us. We've hit three over 300 now. Yes. We'd like to hit, I would like to hit over 500 by sure. the end of
1: Christmas. By the end of the day.
0: Well, at the end of the day is is perfectly fine too but I would like to um start kind of setting some of those goals and asking our listeners to help us achieve some of those too
1: uh, yes, please tell your friends uh tell everybody we're well, talking guns
0: we got uh a question here from Josh um he sent this in a little while ago, maybe a week and some some change and he he says that he's, uh, his girlfriend is about 115 pounds wet. And well, that dry her off and <laughs> then weigh her. Jeez. I know. I don't know why people would do that. <laughs> I only I only weigh somebody when they're wet. Well, why? Ooh, always, you know what? Maybe carry he's a got, bucket a, of water maybe he's got a bathtub scale and it only works. Never mind. In the sh- yeah. That's the only time it would ever work. <laughs> anyway, he says um, – uh, he wants her to start concealed carrying because of the job that she does. Um, he's looking for something that would be easily concealed, easy for her to handle, and, at most important, reliable. Um, so he just kind of would want to know a few suggestions that we might have. Um, but she's going to be around some people, some interesting people. Uh-huh. I mean, she she's going to, in my opinion, she's going to need some stopping power.
1: Well, um, I always say start with 9mm and you don't need to go anywhere after that. So, yeah, definitely pick a 9. Um what do I like in a 9? Well, you know what? Slim, uh lightweight, decent trigger, good reliability, um car. Oh, and if you go with the CW9, H A R Yes, car. Uh, if you go with the CW9, now we're talking affordability too. You should be able to get into a CW9 for less than four hundred if you shop around. But let's call four hundred.
0: Is that what did you What do you have? You had a I car, have I right?
1: have a PM9. PM9. That's what. You which have. is the smaller version of the CW9 or the P9. Uh, but um either way it, it has enough gripping surface when we're not talking a little pocket pistol like mine, um so it might be easier for her to control. It's got a very controllable trigger. Uh it's a nine millimeter. So list that again what gun is that again? The car CW nine. All right, all right. Check that one out. Uh, I definitely recommend it. And give him one. Let's give him one more at least. Oh, Let's see what else. If she can, we always recommend a Glock 19, right? So if your girlfriend has large enough hands where she can handle the the double stackness of the Glock 19, definitely right. check that out. Check out the Gen 4 version because it's a little slimmer around, and it's uh, got better grip. Yeah, it's got the, a little better the, grip. The texture on it. Uh, another option I like to always give out, uh, especially to to female shooters is the uh Smith and Wesson M&P 9C. Okay. I really like that gun. I do uh, like the I do like the M&P series. What about a
0: revolver? Let's yeah, let's no, say that I wouldn't recommend a revolver. No, no revolver. No, a revolver
1: revolvers tricky to learn to shoot. That double action revolver trigger pull is no joke. Um they're reliable. Uh they have enough stopping power with the right loads. Um but they're just, they're just, for the size, you know, a five shot J-frame wheel gun is a very large gun for five shots of 38. If you compare it to a, you know, like a Glock 26, which is holding 10 rounds of nine millimeter, they're about the same size. They're just as easy to conceal as one another. And plus, you know, you could pretty much not count on a reload on carrying around a Revo, um, because of the, the slow load time, especially in a, uh, if you're shooting at people and need to reload quickly, um, it's, I usually don't recommend a revolver unless you're a serious shooter and want to get serious practice in with it. Or if you've got one already and that's all what you've got and that's what you love and that's what, you, that's what you've learned with. Um, so the
0: main one is the Car CW9. Yeah,
1: check out the Car. check and out the Smith & Wesson. Followed by the Smith & Wesson yeah. m 9C. Check, always check out a Glock 19 because, hey, some of us think it's the perfect carry gun.
0: <laughs> I prefer Glock 19. Yeah. But, you know, Josh, uh, I will apologize. Scott's not really on his game today. I'm not? No. Why not? Um, I know your hand's been up, you know, waiting
1: for that high five. Oh, I forgot the virtual high five. But Oh, that's sad. That's just sad. You know what? Virtual high five, man. Hey, and let us know what you choose and how she likes it. Oh, and, and you know what? I was almost... I was almost wrong. What we should do here is it's very important that she chooses the gun. You need to show her yes. the options. Yes. You need to take her someplace where she can handle them like a gun show or a very well-stocked gun store. Even better, take her to a range that rents these guns and let her shoot them and let her pick. And if all she'll carry is a little three eighty, like a Bursa or a Beretta or, you know, a car three eighty, then... That's what you get her because that's a lot better than, uh, you know, a sharp stick or a crossword. So, you know, it's very important that she be comfortable with what she chooses and that she likes what she chooses so she will carry it. And I just want to throw that out there as advice for anybody picking a gun for a significant other. Let them pick it. Yeah. Uh Give them guidance. Give them your opinion, but let them pick it.
0: The most important thing is the way that the gun fits in your hand. Always. And, I mean, and how you shoot it
1: that's, yeah. that's the, the
0: ability of it, everything
1: the, the best advice is find a gun that fits your hand right, you know, go to the gun show go to the gun store, find a gun that fits your hand right, better yet find two or three right, but find a gun that fits your hand then hopefully you can go rent it and maybe you rent three or four of them and then you buy the one that you shoot the Why best did you enunciate rented? rent like, it like you, enun- like out of everything it. that you were talking, you renting? were like
0: maybe you can rent it <laughs> I really like the play. Oh, nice,
1: nice. Did you hear that? Yeah. Could you mark it? Uh, you're not gonna no. take that out. Thank That's you. A headache. <sighs> At least you're not chewing gum this time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get gum. I got gum. Go. <laughs> the, um, yeah. So, anyways, buy the gun you shoot best, and then shoot it till you find a gun you shoot better, and make that your gun.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening, Very Josh. We, we do appreciate that, and we do want to hear. We do want to hear about what she uh, what she ends up getting. Yeah, let us know. Let us know how it goes. that kind of stuff, so. um, Our next question statement is from Dennis.
1: Hey, Dennis. Thanks, man. Virtual uh, high five right there. Yeah. Mad cushy props to Dennis.
0: I'm just going to say that I feel bad for Josh now. I mean, I do. It's your fault. You could have It's paused. not my fault. You could
1: fix it in post. So it's always your
0: fault. No. No. <laughs> I want him to know
1: that you wouldn't fix it. In that post.
0: that you didn't care enough about him to do that. I was distracted by my drink. At least the ice is finally melted.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Oh, I apologize, everyone, because that that kind of stuff just like just it's like nails oh, on a chalkboard for me. I thought you were gonna say something else. <laughs>
1: So, what is, uh, what is Dennis? Well, first to say? off,
0: we want to thank Dennis for listening. Yes. Um, he just started listening to us about a week, um, uh, two weeks ago. It gets better. <laughs> it, it does. Well, hold on a second. He, has gone back and listened to every one of our episodes. Already? Yeah.
1: So he knows it gets better. Yeah.
0: He says, I, oh, thanks. he goes, I'm sad to admit it, but in the past 1.5 weeks, <laughs> I just
1: hammered out all episodes back to July of 2012. See, now here's the problem, Dennis. You've now overdosed on the gun show podcast. No, you have not. And after this episode, you're going to have to wait at least how many days are going to wait? Seven. Seven, six and a half days for the next one.
0: Scott, you're the one that walks around telling people our show's like crack, and once you listen to it, you can't get
1: enough. Well, yeah, but now he has a jones for a week. But we're gonna answer his question here. Oh, sure. Yeah. All let's, right. Let's do that. Um, we can wait till next week. That way, he's really jonesing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not no. gonna do that. No. <laughs>
0: um, he asked us what we thought about the three main calibers of nine millimeter, forty Smith and Wesson, and forty five ACP. Uh huh. Now, um I did send him over that link that you had...
1: Uh, oh, yeah, I wrote an article. Yeah, you wrote it. You an guys article. should go read that.
0: Uh, everyone should go read that at www.thegunshowpodcast.com. Yeah, one of the biggest questions... Go into the blogs, find it there, yeah. scroll to the bottom, hit the like on the Facebook thing. It wow. tells you that you and all your friends like it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So one of the biggest things is...
1: Wow, one of the biggest questions I get is, what's good defensive ammo? Because there's so much marketing hype out there, and there's so much gun show commando advice. Uh, You know, I broke it down scientifically from being a a a fan. I wouldn't say I'm a student of terminal ballistics, but I'd say a fan of terminal ballistics and have studied a little bit. I broke it down. Uh, I think I explained it pretty straightforward. And uh, if you have any questions about it, you know, let us know. Well, this is
0: that—that's the, the thing—is that that uh, Dennis he he said he read the article, um, you know, the difference between the calibers and everything, but he yeah. wanted a little bit more detail. Okay. on those. We so, can do that. Um, you know, Scott, I, I don't know if you want to address it here or <sighs> yeah, if you'd sure. like to do a post. Yeah, um, I'll probably do both. He was kind of wanting to know the the terminal ballistics, you know, um. Qualities such as effective distance, mm-hmm. and that the forty and he says, "I've heard the forty five ACP has incredible stopping power." Yes, but it has a limited range compared to the forty and Smith and Wesson nine millimeter. No, but and he says, "He says I'll I'll be honest. I haven't done an incredible amount of research." Um, and he says that you seem pretty knowledgeable. Yeah, I'll <laughs> you know, be
1: honest. I've done way too much research. Yeah,
0: and um, <laughs> the the thing is, is I'm just I want to put one thing into perspective. When you're using your handgun, you're most likely going to be engaging people at closer distances.
1: Yeah, it's the s- rule of sevens, right? You're going to be within seven yards. Yeah. Yeah, so.
0: Within 21 feet. 21 feet. For that's all the Americans really that don't know
1: yards. Oh, that's like 6.25 meters. No, I have no idea. <laughs> I just no, made that up. No idea. <laughs> seven meters. It's getting serious. But um, That's right. for
0: our, ca- our Canadian listeners.
1: <laughs> that was for our Canadian <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Now, the biggest thing, I mean, in between 940 and 45, right, here's the big thing, doesn't matter, whatever you like. Um, With comparable top-end defensive ammunition, the terminal ballistics are going to be so close that it doesn't matter. You're going to have a hard time differentiating uh, inside a laboratory environment, much less Inside a shooting environment, which is the real world, that's what we're talking about here, right? Um, if you really get down to the nitty and the gritty, the forty Smith and Wesson is the best round, and that is because you heard
0: it first here it from the Gun Show Podcast. <laughs> the forty Smith and
1: Wesson. Now, best the round. reason the forty Smith and Wesson is the best round is uh, with the best bullets. The forty Smith and Wesson does a little bit better as far as terminal performance after going through a barricade uh, like automobile glass, glass. or sheetrock thick, clo- thick winter clothing really thick clothing type stuff so otherwise the 9 the 40 and the 45 and even the 357 sig uh, all perform about the same
0: okay so but what so then what's the most important thing? The most
1: important thing? Shot placement. Shot placement. Shot placement. And still, always about shot placement.
0: And if you think about yeah. it, if you want to break it down, the recoil on a forty-five versus the recoil on a nine-millimeter, the yeah. amount of ammunition that you can carry in a nine-millimeter yes. versus a forty-five,
1: cost of training ammo,
0: cost of training ammo. You can put more rounds yes. on target faster with less training with a nine-millimeter than you can with a forty-five. In most general, people can. Yeah, that's that's a that that would be common acceptable. Yeah. Sure, yeah, I'll buy that. I mean, people would agree that. But, he, but here's, that's tell, what I'm, where I'm going with it, though, is yeah. if you put the 9mm in the T-Zone or you put the forty five in the T-Zone... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I tell you, you what. You have more
1: rounds and hit, less recoil. A hit with the cheapest ammo you can buy in a vital area is a whole lot better than a miss, missing a vital area, or even a, a plain miss with the best coolest neatest bullet out heaviest there heaviest bullet you yeah. know whatever yeah. uh so i tell you what whatever caliber you've got be it nine be it 40 be it 357 sig be it 45 that's great use that i'm not going to tell you to sell that to go buy the nine right uh, i'm not going to tell you to sell that to go buy the 40 for sure but what we are going to tell you to do is practice yeah, practice yeah and i tell you what if you can practice more if you get rid of your gun and go buy a nine millimeter then do that
0: Right, yeah. Um, or if your if your gun offers a conversion of some type, a slide know. replacement, yeah. Even even if you're, even, they have um. I think Signer, which I'm not always the biggest you know. proponent to, you know, uh-huh. promote Signer products, but they have a 1911, uh, 22 slide.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't recommend the Signer one, but yeah, there's but they, other kits. They have, Kimber, yeah, they have that kind of uh, stuff out there. Marvel and I think Glock Ace. has
0: one out there. It, some yes. somebody makes one for Glock. Advanced solutions, Ad, yeah. something, something like that. sounds about right. Um, <laughs> but you have those options.
1: Practice, you're you're yeah. not
0: just limited. So, yes, the most important thing is practice.
1: Yeah, if you want to get down, like I said, if you get down to the nuances, uh, 40 Smith & Wesson, the best out of all the rounds. Um, but if you talk about practicality, between the 9, the 40, the 45, doesn't matter. Pick one. Pick a good bullet for it. And most of all, practice with it, like we've said in the past. And make sure your choice is reliable. Uh, don't base your choice on caliber. Base it on, you know, how you shoot it and reliability. Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Done. All right. <clears throat> I so, hope that answers your question.
0: I do, too. <laughs> if it doesn't, please go to Facebook.com slash Gun Podcast. Like us and send us a message. If you don't like us and send us a message... Be that way. Be that way. Fine. Yeah, fine.
1: I don't. I don't want you to like
0: this anyway I, all I needed all I need is this sh- chair <laughs> and this, this lamp. phone <laughs> and this lamp that's all I need
1: <laughs> oh, I, I didn't see that coming but I would girl. like all your likes from Facebook. I would like all your likes.
0: All your likes belong to us. Yes. Very big nerd reference on it. Yeah,
1: I was so going there. (laughs) All right, so
0: um, back to a little bit of news. We kind of ran out of time there with the listener questions, Uh, but we do appreciate every single one of them. We do have some more um, that we're going to address next week. Yeah, we'll get them next week. Um, But we want to go say uh, Daniel Defense is making a lot of money.
1: Yeah, evidently they made the Fortune 500 slash 5,000 list, so whatever that
0: yeah. It's is. Ba- isn't it the list of all the companies that didn't make the Fortune 500 but were within 5,000? So it's
1: basically the Fortune 5,000. It's
0: the next 4,500 companies. Oh, well, that's easy. Okay.
1: But they're up there with the likes of, what, like Instagram? Uh, no. Daniel Defense has grown
0: 1,000% in the past 10 years. Wow. That's good. Um, this that's is good. the
1: second year...
0: Uh, that they've applied for. Now it's in a. You have to apply for it apparently. Oh. Um, but they they say that they're. I hate paper clips. Uh, <laughs> they say that they uh, have created over five hundred twenty thousand jobs in the past three years, and aggregated a revenue. Wait, how um, many jobs? Five hundred twenty thousand. That's a lot of jobs. That can't be dangerous. Oh wait, things. I'm sorry. Oh wow. That's bad the companies uh-huh. on this list. Oh,
1: that makes okay, more so sense. So all of okay. the
0: companies have created 520,000. And when I first read that, I thought they were kind of like Magpul. Right, Where they, oh, they're touching all yeah, these yeah, yeah. other industries and they're helping... For each job in yeah. our
1: company, for each dollar we make, we support X amount of jobs in the community. Right, because, yeah, yeah. because, because
0: we have you know all of these deals with all these other manufacturers. Yeah. Which they and, do. Yeah. I'm sure they do. Well, Magpul had some ridiculous, crazy number that they had. I don't doubt And I figured with it heart. being the gun industry, these, this day and age. So anyway, it's yeah. all of the companies, so basically from... 500 or 501 to 5,000 um, have created over 520,000 jobs in the past three years and aggregated revenue among the honors to reach $241 billion.
1: That's a lot of money. Yes. So Daniel Defense is doing well. They are doing very well. And that, that actually segues into a, a little point I wanted to bring up. We talked about last month. How the NSSF was reporting the NICS checks were down 2.5% last yes, month? the NICS checks. The NICS checks. Well, for this month, or no, well, not this month, the last month. Anywho, for September, they were up again, 2.7%. So they dropped, but they're back up. So this is another month of growth in NICX checks, NICS checks, in the gun industry, which means, once again, the gun industry is healthy, it's doing well, and we're going to see more growth in the future, and more companies like Daniel Defense are going to make these lists um, or be eligible to at the very least. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we're still winning as uh, the gun culture. I think so.
0: Well, one of the nice things about the gun culture is that a lot of times they try to take care of each other. And I think they do. A lot of times. I now, sometimes so. they'll jump on a bandwagon and just demolish or crush or try to try to step on whoever yeah, they can. Well,
1: we're, they're people, just like anybody else, right? So but we have the same problems everybody else does. LaRue
0: is addressing their issue
1: uh-huh. of not being able to get guns out. Oh, yeah. That's been a big point of contention with the LaRue rifles, uh, oh, the OBR, the Predator and the Predatober. I know I, in the, in the past, have been guilty of calling their guns uh, vaporware because... I don't know anybody who's taken uh, possession Delivery of Delivery of them. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, apparently um, LaRue is coming out, and um, they, they released a press release. I'll, I'll read, kind of skim over and read it for you here. Um, are you one of the many folks uh, patiently waiting on your LaRue rifle? Scott, are you? No, no. 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 Uh, me neither, but um, they basically said that um, they are trying to uh, bring – Barrels in house.
1: Yeah, they they announced so a while back. They barrels. announced a while back that they bought barrel making machines and they were going to make their own barrels in house. Now there was some there was some ITAR problems, uh importing, exporting rules, you know, State Department stuff with the barrels that they were getting from overseas. Mm-hmm. I believe from Germany, from Lothar Walther. Um and so they decided to bring the barrels in house, yeah. and from what I understand is their 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 plan was to build just as good of barrels as everybody else, you know, top of the line barrels, uh, and get their guns out to the public. And and what what you're seeing here in this press release is they're having a lot of trouble.
0: Yeah. getting those high. They're it's, saying it's, they can't. It's
1: harder to make high end barrels than they thought it was yeah, going to be, <laughs>
0: and it's coming down to this tweaking of this <laughs> yes. you know these match grade barrel yeah. machines. Yeah. Um, but what they're doing is in the meantime they say that they are awash in field grade quality barrels, so to get ri- to get the rifles um, into the long awaited hands of their customers yeah. they're going to offer to send the rifle with a field grade barrel on it yeah uh, it's a stainless barrel um, that's nothing to look down upon as what they say um and that they're calling these beater barrels, and for you to use and abuse the, and the rifle will ship with a coupon for a no cost follow on, a uh, follow match grade barrel.
1: Yeah. So basically, what you can opt to do now is get a field grade barrel with the option, uh, with a coupon, free coupon for a match grade barrel later.
0: And you don't have to take them up on this. No, you can you still wait
1: for your match grade gun. Now, this is brilliant. I take the coupon, right? Take the gun to the coupon? Right. So, yeah. you can, so you can take delivery of your gun and, and start shooting? And, then and I you bet you d- this gun. You know, a bottom of the line, uh for lack of a better term, uh, you know, parts kit gun from a generic maker, you know, a giant manufacturer of barrel makers, man, I've seen those guns shoot sub MOA yeah. all day long. And when in to four to use a horrible term. Think
0: about it. In four years when you get your LaRue barrel. <laughs> You can take that barrel out, I'm put biased. it in your build. Yeah. Now, that's the, one of the things that I, I do question on this is that they're going to send you a coupon to send uh-huh. you a barrel.
1: Right. So... So when they start selling those barrels, you just send them the coupon, you get the barrel. I,
0: I get that, but that means you have to, if you don't have the tools to do it... No, 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 they'll do it.
1: You'll send the It's for an installed it. barrel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, but then that
0: means you won't get to keep the beater barrel.
1: Well, here's the here's the issue I What's see. What's the rub? It's going to take, I think it's going to take, uh, LaRue a lot longer to build really quality match grade barrels than they think it's going to take. I think, I think they've got years yet to go. Cause like you said, you know, these companies that we, we can name off Krieger and, and Saturn and, and the like, they've been building barrels a long time, a long time. And these are people really good at what they do. Now, I'm not saying LaRue can't do it. I'm saying I think it's going to take them a little longer than they think. All right, well,
0: uh, so anyone out there that's waiting on that that may not have known that, don't call them, they said. You will get a phone call from them. So do not
1: not call them. Don't call us. We'll call you. Yeah, they're
0: going to call you. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll see if they start shipping
1: guns. It'll be interesting.
0: So speaking of uh, companies going on ventures, it looks like Kalashnikov is uh, negotiating some kind of joint venture with Beretta.
1: Yeah, I saw this. It looks like uh there was some news a little while back that Kalishnikov was being purchased uh from the state, a big a big stake in it was being purchased from the state by some private people, and it looks like now the Italians and the Russians are getting together.
0: Yeah. Um RIA reporting, um which is the RenoVasti Vas- Reno news just, agency.
1: Please just RIA. Yeah.
0: R-I-A? Just what just. – uh, I'll just go with Rinovosti. You're yeah. right. <sighs> um, They're saying that Russian's uh, small arms holding Kalashnikov concern is, uh, is in negotiations with uh, Italy's Beretta on the establishment of joint ventures in Russia. Um, Beretta will also own – who owns the Benelli and Tika brands is in talks with Kalashnikov concerning on, uh, uh it's a little bit broken English because I'm trying to, they uh-huh. don't, yeah, they don't do the best on it, uh, setting up a joint venture to manufacture hunting and sporting weapons. Uh, but, uh, the, from what I understand, the Deputy Prime Minister, Dmitry Ragazonzin, uh whoever sees the defense industry has stated if all goes well we should expect co-production of tactical that is combat weapons
1: i could Coming see that happening in the future i think that's what they're hinting at i think for now we're going to see beretta type uh weapons made in russia um but uh yeah it's a uh It's a very interesting uh, thing going on there between the Italians and the Russians. You know, are we going to see Russian-made Beretta rifles? Really pretty AKs are going to start coming. Or really pretty? Yeah, are we going to see futuristic Italian-made cover-molded AK-12s, plastic AKs? Yeah, isn't that what a sag is? (laughs) Sure.
0: I was thinking of more like the storm. Remember the storm rifles? And yeah. Stuff?
1: Or like the the All of a sudden there's an AK that looks just like that. That'd be interesting. That'd mm. be interesting. I think it's so. I think it's so. Um speaking of interesting things, uh I want to warn some people out there. There is uh what we call false flag operations in the gun world. And what this is is uh these organizations pretend to be pro gun. Uh, they set themselves up. They have pro gun names. They have, they have uh, pro gun, you know, supposedly pro gun feel good, you know, uh, literature that they put out and, and programs and Facebook pages and the like. And it turns out they're run by people who are c- completely 100% anti gun. Um, okay. And the latest and greatest is. The American Rifle and Pistol Association, all right? They're calling this uh, the experts, uh, the NRA types, you know, who are down in the trenches of this, the the right to keep and bear arms and Second Amendment stuff, are calling this a false flag operation. Uh, in the past, I don't know if you guys remember Americans for Gun Safety and uh, the American Hunters and Shooters Association, which I do remember um, – but now there's a new one, American Rifle and Pistol Association, and I've been to their Facebook page, and it looks very pro-gun. But what they're saying is, it's an anti-gun company, um, it's not grassroots at all, uh, unlike the NRA, or the, uh, the Second Amendment Foundation, or those things. It's, uh, what they call AstroTurf, which means, you know, major corporations or major people with money start these things. Um, and what they do is they try to gather, they try to get your money and they try to get your, your, your support and membership so they can go lobby against gun ownership, basically. Uh, what they usually pretend to do is lobby for gun safety or lobby for, you know, um, so common like a, sense like gun rules.
0: Yeah, is that kind of what, what it is? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they they sell they sell this propaganda, or they just take donations, or or what what would they do to try to get your money?
1: Uh, membership, pay for membership. Yeah, they and, want you to so send a membership, unwittingly- and they'll and they'll say we're going to go lobby for gun safety. You know, we believe there's a right to keep and bear arms, and that everyone should be you know do it commonsensically. And next thing you know, they're they're up in Congress uh, using your money to lobby for universal background checks. Oh, okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah, stay away from these people. Don't give me your money. Um, feel free to go, you know, join up. And if they're promoting, you know, gun safety, hey, we're all for gun safety. Uh, feel free to utilize them, but, uh, don't send them your money. Um, and it's just a heads up and keep your eye out for these things. If it's not the NRA, if it's not the Second Amendment Foundation, if it's not the Jews for the Preservation of Firearms Ownership, you know, maybe think twice before sending them your money. Check them out vet them. Yes, they may not be who you think they are.
0: Well, I'd like to uh in the show kind of talking about the Navy Seals in Somalia. Apparently the um government is saying uh, or not the government, there's a news agency there reporting that uh the Navy Seals left behind some equipment. A Magpul yeah, P-Mag with 20 rounds of 5.56, uh-huh. a high-capacity and so, MP7 magazine with 40 rounds of ammunition, yeah. and the Mark 13 BTV-EL flashbang, yeah. and a Garmin Vortex.
1: Yeah. Now, the the thing a is, that's, worm. that's not a P-Mag. That's an E-Mag. Yes. That's what the SEALs would use because they have HK-416s, and HK-416s won't take a P-Mag. Uh until now, the third generation PMAG, so it would be an EMAG, which makes sense. Uh, kind of short for export mag, I guess, because it fits. Yes, HKs. It, and it, yeah, other it was yeah. meant
0: to fit those, and it was for the, the export. It fit all the export yeah. criteria. Basically. Now,
1: on the face of it, this you know this picture makes sense. You know, uh, wrist Garmin. We know that's popular. Special forces. Um, we know Magpul's popular. We know the HK7 is real popular with the seals. Um, so this makes sense that the teams left it. Uh, it would, uh, suggest that they left in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, fast. Very fast and very quickly. Uh, we know they suffer no casualties. I hope that right now, uh, one of my, uh, Navy brethren isn't looking at these pictures embarrassed. <laughs> and getting called names like forgetful Sam or something like that. Well, um, maybe
0: by people that weren't there, but maybe, maybe. it got so bad that someone was Could've. like, "I am not going to say a word to you."
1: Yeah, it, it, yeah, maybe it did. Maybe it did. Um, it's rare. For it looks something like it was like interesting. That to now, this could be fake too. That's the word. There's, could there's, be... there's a lot of
0: uh, conspiracies already going around sure. that that this was that these pictures have been on someone's laptop. Uh, I read that for, one. For, yeah, um, sure. Uh, years and years, there's also been one that um, speculation that they planted it uh, with false information uh, while they were actually going after another target, all kinds of stuff. Because the way there's apparently the Garmin is chocked full of waypoints with names.
1: Yeah. Uh, now, according to uh, the article uh, that we've printed out here from the Fire blog, the... Uh, Brandon Webb was asked about this, and Brandon Webb dot um, selfrep.com, which is a very interesting, if you're into this stuff, tactical or special forces, a very interesting website that I recommend you read. It's very informative. But anyways, he is a uh, a former Navy SEAL, um, still has ties to the Spec Ops community. And he says he thinks the gear was left and that, uh, that it was legitimate and that uh, some poor guy is... Uh, regretting leaving that right now.